Mayo Clinic Heritage Films presents an award-winning documentary film. My Brother and I The Founding of Mayo Clinic Featuring newly discovered film footage, rare artifacts from the historical collection, and memories from Mayo family descendants. It's the story of a revolution in medicine and the people who established the values that are still at the heart of Mayo Clinic. My Brother and I, narrated by Garrison Keeler. Now available from Mayo Clinic Heritage Films, with generous support from John T. and Lillian G. Matthews. Well, Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, that's the home base for Mayo Clinic, has the most beautiful story of its founding, and it has the most storied history. It has provided medical care, health care for people all over the world. It's been the bastion of loving, caring, excellent health care. But the story we have to tell you today is a sad one because things are changing at Mayo Clinic. And as a matter of fact, so badly that my next guest has written an article published in National Review called Wokeness Has Infected the Mayo Clinic. And that's the story we want to tell you about today. Preborn has been saving the lives of babies, unborn babies, for a number of years. And we are partners with them to do exactly that. Since uh, January through June of 2023 of this year, we have saved 29,134 babies' lives, <laughs> you and me, and preborn. Uh, through the miracle of ultrasound technology, when moms see their babies, they just change their minds. When they see that baby, they just don't go through with that abortion. And we're so happy to be a partner with them and so happy that so many of you have responded uh, if you haven't responded yet, or if you want to, if it's time to, you know, uh, open your pocketbook again to help preborn, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. By the way, this is Sandy Rios 24 7. Did I say that? I keep forgetting to say that. Uh, and you can call us at 662 821 2040. That's 662 821 2040. Or you can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can listen so many different ways. Uh, it's probably overwhelming. It's easy on any plat- podcast platform. If you listen to podcasts, you know where to go, you know how to do it. Just look for Sandy Reels 24 7. If that's not a familiar turf to you, Go to AFR.net. That's our home base online with the American Family Radio uh, Network. And also, if you are even having trouble with that and you want it to be really easy, like one-stop shopping, go to SandyRios.com. That's SandyRios.com. All right. Well, this is a story. uh, It's not just about people that go to Mayo. This is a story that will have an effect on each and every one of us. So I hope you'll stay tuned and listen to this fascinating story by a nurse who's exposing the wokeness of Mayo Clinic. Stay tuned for this of Stay tuned for this edition of Sandy Rios 24/7. 
from American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. There's a tornado. W.W. Uh, w. Mayo and his two sons are a local family practice. They asked the Sisters of St. Francis if they can use their empty seminary rooms to house the injured uh, mother. Alfred says yes, but comes back and says, I just had a vision from God that I'm to build you a hospital here in the cornfield, and it will become uh, world-renowned for its medical arts. And he's an agnostic who, who defends Darwin by the day, and he says, yeah, right, you're not going to yeah. be able to do this. She goes, but if you, if you do do it. Uh, I'll be your surgeon. They shake on it. And the thing is, this isn't some quaint 19th century story. Those nuns are still there. The values of the Franciscan sisters inform uh, the Mayo Clinic, which runs parallel to the most superbly engineered system of delivering health care we've ever found, just rated as the best hospital in the United States, therefore the world again. Mm-hmm. And I went there just to get a checkup and was blown away by the quality of the care. Mm -hmm. So it's the story of the history, but also these contemporary stories Mm -hmm. of of regular people getting extraordinary Mm -hmm. care. That's the voice of Ken Burns. Ken Burns, of course, is a producer of all kinds of documentaries. And he's referring to a documentary he did probably about four years ago called Faith, Hope, and Science, which tells the story of Mayo Clinic. Now... Don't turn that dial thinking you're not interested in Mayo Clinic because I, trust me, this is going to be interesting and actually concerning. Uh, Mayo Clinic uh, is in Rochester, at least the original campus, the original facility, the cornfields he was describing is Rochester, Minnesota. And I think that even if you don't or you're not that familiar with it, you have some probably very good impression uh, when you hear the word Mayo Clinic. Well, things are changing at Mayo Clinic, and the changes may have an effect on the entire medical uh, uh, world. And so that's why we're having this conversation. Laura Morgan is the program manager for the organization known as Do No Harm. She's a registered nurse with a background in critical care research and clinical education, and she advocates for medical professionalism and the highest standards of individual care. Laura has just written uh, an an article in National Review called Wokeness Has Infected Mayo Clinic. And so I ask her to join us today to talk about what she has seen and tell us what's happening. Laura, thanks for joining us. Hello, Sandy. It's such a pleasure to be here. You know, I want to just flesh out something for a second because Ken Burns, of course, alluded to it, and I did too a little bit. Uh, In your opinion, according to what I read, you are of the same opinion I have been that Mayo is in an incredible institution. Why? Why does it have all this fame? Why would Ken Burns uh, make a documentary about it? What is has been so special about Mayo Clinic? Of course, everyone has heard of Mayo Clinic. And over the years, as 
a, a young nurse, then I used them as a, a source of information. Once this crazy thing called the Internet became a thing um, later on in my career, then it was access to instant information that we all trusted and that we saw in our patients that may have gone to Mayo Clinic for care that they couldn't get in other parts of the country. And so just by reputation alone, Mayo Clinic has really enjoyed this this reputation of outstanding care and being the best of the best. And that's the, the opinion that I had of Mayo Clinic as well. I want to say that this uh, documentary that Ken Burns produced called Faith, Hope, and Science is really a great uh, documentary. I recommend it to all of you. I have some experience with Mayo, and I'm going to get into that. But, um, well, in fact, years ago, I took my my first child was uh, seizuring with out of control, and we had been to all kinds of places, some of the best. And my father uh, wrote a check for us to take her to Mayo Clinic to take the drip up there with my mother and I, I will never forget my first impression. And since then, I have been a regular patient of theirs for the last probably f- 12, 13 years, maybe 14. So I know a lot about Mayo myself. And uh, the way they do business, the way they practice it, um, Laura, let me just interject. I'm sure that just the way it works, the doctors are paid a salary. Uh, and they work like 8 to 5. And they have weekends free. And they'll spend as much time with their patients as they need to. It's been a great model. And they've drawn the best of the best from around the country. They've been on the cutting edge of so many different problems. They have teams of people working with you. They've, their, uh, their services work like clockwork, great staff. And so it's been a, a thing of wonder. Uh, I, I, have a, I have, Laura, recommended Mayo through the years. As you wrote in your piece, you've done the same as a nurse. You recommended so many people to go to Mayo Clinic. And it was founded by these two brothers, and the, the, the story behind it is just wonderful. But something has been happening. And I guess the, the question is, for you, what was the first sign that something was not quite right for you? Well, in my work with Do No Harm, which advocates to bring out the truth about the ideologies and, and destructive things that are infiltrating the healthcare system and the medical education system. Then I came across other information from Mayo Clinic and took one of the courses that's available in their vast online library of professional development and began seeing the ideological type of things that I was seeing in other parts of healthcare education. And it, it was really concerning because it, it was taking that focus away from the individuality of the patients and was looking more at group identity politics. And that's really dangerous for medicine and relationships between providers and patients. Well, let's talk, first of all, about the nuts and bolts. I mean, you went, I, as I understand it, you went to an event in, was it this year, in August? Yes, it was the Rise for Equity event, which was a live event um, on the Arizona campus, but it also had a live stream option, and that's what I was attending. Okay, so tell us about it and kind of in more detail, if you can, please. And what about it alarmed you? What bothered you about that? (laughs) Well, quite a bit bothered me about it um, because, it, you know, like other multi-day 
conferences, then there were many breakout sessions. And so when the uh, the whole um, theme of the conference was equity, which means that we're looking for equal outcomes or, or the same outcome rather than treating people as, as individuals and, and um, yeah, operating on the sense of equality, then there were breakout sessions with titles like Transforming Global Workforce, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Being an Upstander, Recognizing Microaggressions, um, and Pride, Privilege, and Pronouns. And so these were things that, that had a focus on health equity and social justice, microaggressions, implicit bias, things that are based on ideology and not on science. Well, yes, and of course, just the, the critical race theory. I mean, it's, it's, it's right out of the Marxist handbook, and now we have to say that because it's true. It's not a leap of faith. And so you write uh, that there were terms, and you've, you described it, but let me repeat you were told in no uncertain terms that racial and social injustice is a known health, uh, public health threat. Racial and social justice is a known public health threat. And that uh, you, got, you got tips for recognizing and addressing microaggressions. You were talked about, taught about systematic biases in physical space. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well... Activists like to say how the entire healthcare system is hopelessly and systemically racist. Um, they have added terms that instead of just uh, systemic racism, they like to add things like structural racism, which means that the uh, the way that the hospital is built and operates is racist in some way. And the Mayo Clinic was infusing all of those kinds of concepts into its presentation, including the opening one um, from the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Johnson & Johnson, who brought up the um, the concept of racial and social injustice is a known public health threat. That's repeated throughout academia and in other um, medical settings as well, unfortunately. Oh, but as part from declaring that, did they prove it? Did they say, and this is how, um, fill in the blanks? Did they say how it was harmful? What, well, what, what happened is that... Um, the, the activists that push for health equity like to cite studies, and they like to say that studies show that um, black patients will have a better outcome if they're, they're taken care of by a black doctor. But what they don't show is where the, the weaknesses are in the study methodology and um, maybe even in the way that they interpret the, the, the data that they collected. And so those things get repeated and perpetuated in different settings to the, to the point where it becomes that settled science when it really is not. There's one here that really struck me, too, that I don't understand. There was another course that you point out. It's focusing on responding, this is a quote, responding to patient and visitor bias. What, what's that about? I mean, what are they talking about? They're talking about when patients come in to be treated at the facility and they are doing things that are uh, harmful or um, 
discriminatory against the staff. So if a staff, uh, if a patient is coming in and uh, a staff member who is taking care of them may have a particular accent, and if the patient asks, oh, well, where are you from? That's labeled as a microaggression and something <laughs> that needs to be addressed by the staff. And not not like I do that too. Like I, I'll have an Indian doctor and I ask them where they're from because I've been to India. I mean, I guess that's still a microaggression, right? I shouldn't say that. You know, I like your country and I've been to India. Which part are you from? I mean, it's it's just bizarre. You said that you were fired from a big hospital in Texas last year, and what was that all about, uh, Laura? Of course. Well, I was working as the nurse residency coordinator in the clinical education department, and they put out the annual training courses that anyone who works in a, in a hospital or in healthcare knows that you're going to have courses like compliance and privacy and those sort of things that you have to take every year. That's normal. But in the... Um, in the 2021 list of courses at the facility was a course called Overcoming Unconscious Bias. And I knew what that meant. And so I, I went to my superiors and told them what my concerns were about the course. And after a few meetings, then um, I was told that there's no path to an exception from this. You have to do it. It's part of the required training, and failure to do it will result in disciplinary action. And so after my conversation with the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, instead of the the head of human resources, which is what I asked for, then the consequences were that I was terminated for not completing the course. Well, you know, I uh, this is a little bit different, but uh, in the last few years at Mayo, they hand you a tablet with all kinds of questions on it. And at first, when this started happening, I thought it was, you know, it was in a particular, we would be there for multiple visits, multiple reasons. And this is a general checkup, for, and sometimes it's specific things that are not right. Uh, so you go to a different uh, d- d- department, and they hand you this, and and suddenly it's first it's questions about you know pain threshold and things like that, and then then it's like, uh, you know, tell us tell us are you are you feeling depressed or on a scale of one to ten have you ever had thought you have a gun in your things like this, and I just said no 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 I'm not doing it. Here's the questionnaire. Here's the little box. You take it right back. I'm not doing that. Uh, so there was already these hints of of what was to come, but um. You know, Mayo, as you write in your article, by the way, on National Review, wokeness has infected the Mayo Clinic. Wokeness has infected the Mayo Clinic. Uh, You say that Mayo has pledged a staggering $100 million to the woke agenda. Did that last fall? And what is that money going for? Well, they did. So in October of uh, 2022, the leadership announced that they're pledging $100 million over the next 10 years, and this is to serve its commitment against racism and eliminating racism and advancing equity and inclusion throughout the Mayo Clinic system. So they they specifically said that they'll make sure every dollar of this commitment is put to meaningful and actionable use. It within this realm of 
eliminating racism and advancing equity. And, the, you know, the concept of health equity just doesn't um, comport with actual science or um, even reality for that matter, because patients just don't have equal outcomes. It, it's impossible to do so. So I think the question for people listening would be, well, why do I care about what happens at Mayo? And I think that's where we need to talk about the kind of influence Mayo has on the rest of medicine. Can you quantify that and give us an idea of how powerful they are in the medical world? Absolutely, because just by reputation alone, and they're they're very well known internationally, and they do have quite a robust medical education platform in their um, continuing professional development department. And in that department, they have forty two specialties where you can take courses and and really helpful stuff. Like if you work in surgery or pain medicine or or you're a family medicine practitioner. But one of those specialties is actually listed as equity, diversity, and inclusion. And even within those courses, well, some of them don't sound so bad. They actually even sound fully clinical in nature, like about kidney problems and you know, problems with the, the liver. But it, it goes to show then that that is Mayo's real commitment to infusing these concepts of DEI, anti-racism, social justice into everything that they're doing at, at the clinic. And that's the part that is the most concerning. Yes, because of the influence, and of course, it's going to, it's already there. It's already in, uh, uh, as a result of COVID, which I want to touch on that just for in a second. But speaking, first of all, speaking of healthcare, I want to tell you about a great way, a great organization that's not woke. It's a Christian organization that's in the business of providing good healthcare for other Christians. It's a, a sharing ministry. It's Christian healthcare ministries where you your premium goes into a pool which pays for the medical bills of people who have needs in that moment and comes back to you in the day in which you need that kind of money. They have different plans, different levels, different, uh, you know, depending on what kind of coverage that you need. So this is a good time to check that out, especially in the context of this discussion, because we're not even talking about uh, insurance companies. That's a whole other other issue about wokeness infecting them. Uh, This is not a woke company. You will be in good hands. Just go to chministries.org slash Sandy, that's chministries.org slash Sandy. Just go to chministries.org slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. You know, for over 40 years, this unique model has allowed believers to choose their own doctors without worrying about networks or rating periods since they're not an insurance company but a faith-based alternative to insurance. Just check them out at chministries.org slash Sandy. We saw how woke medical schools already are and how this poison is spreading, but oh my goodness, how I had hoped that Mayo Clinic, which was the bastion of great health care for the world. I remember actually, Laura, sometimes a lot of people from the Middle East would come, and I remember uh, some of them would rent like whole floors of hotels because they didn't want to be around um, non-Muslim people, and they would be out royalty, or they'd be, you know, it um, it was known around the world as the place to come. And um, 
But you mentioned that in their 2023 Mayo Clinic Quality Conference, you say, by the end, attendees are, and this is the quote, are expected to identify that diversity, equity, and inclusion applies to all aspects of health care. So, um, so you, uh, you conclude with that, that that means the quality of your medical care depends on the wokeness of your physician or doctor's office or hospital, when we know the opposite of that is true. Um, I just want to add one more thing, uh, just one of my observations, <clears throat> Laura, because we, I can't tell you how sad this is for us. We we've, we've been to Mayo every year for yearly checkups again for probably fourteen years, probably maybe thirteen years, uh, and it's always been uh, depending on the results. And we've had good results. We've been we're lucky to be healthy people, um, and. It's always been a nice, we've enjoyed Rochester, we've gotten to know people, uh, we've gotten to know places. And when we went last to Rochester, it was in the height of COVID, and it was like night and day. Uh, We were shocked at the oppression of the place, of the strictness, the rules, the barking, whereas once they had been kind of known for their kindness to patients and their caring, which is what they're known for. That's what the brothers were after. The 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 you know the the what the sisters, the Franciscan sisters, uh, brought that loving touch. It was the opposite. Uh, I could t- give illustrations of doctors behaving badly there, but not all of them. But some were just absolutely horrible, uh, and that was like a gut punch. And that's when we sensed something was not uh, not right. My question to you is: Is there a refuge? Is there another place uh, in this country or in the world that's another refuge? I mean, if, if um, I think of um, uh, the Cleveland Clinic, is there any comparison and is the same thing happening to them? Very similar things have been happening at Cleveland Clinic. And, and I share your grief about this. Um, it, it was just a, a resource to me as I was going through my nursing career, which now, because of woke ideologies, I, I can no longer participate in. But what refuge that there is out there right now is that Do No Harm is here to provide some authentic relevance to these issues and be a source of truth for people. We're here to challenge these false ideologies, and we have the courage to stand up to it. And I really encourage your listeners to visit us at donoharmmedicine.org, go to the newsroom tab, see the work that we're doing, and, and join us in this fight because it truly is a fight that, that we're, it's going to take all of us to help correct. Yes, I think so too. And I, have to, I also know there's a whole network of doctors. They may be affiliated with you, uh, Laura, in, in many ways, or there's a, probably an intersection trying to develop concierge services. They're trying to develop uh, a hospital right now uh, that is not woke, that's independent of insurance. Uh, they're trying to break away and create a, another uh, a parallel system of medicine that pulls away from this horrible stuff that's happening. And I want to remind all of you that when it got the most horrible, the horriblest, <laughs> was when government started paying, paying, hospitals like Mayo to make sure their patients had COVID uh, shots. They paid them hand over fist. They paid them for putting them on ventilators. The government paid them for giving them remdesivir. They killed people from federal tax dollars. It's as simple as that. And uh, if, if a hospital uh, will do that, then I'm not sure they 
have an interest in saving your life. And so um, is there anything else? Okay, so go, do, go, go to donohormmedicine.org and check the newsroom tag and just get involved. I think they can give money. Can you just give us another idea, just one more idea of the kind of things you guys are doing? Of course. Well, some of the ways that we're pushing back is to have the type of, of media exposure like we're having with you and, and with the National Review. Um, we also have filed m- multiple Office for Civil Rights um, complaints, um, including against the Mayo Clinic for promoting and um, and and having discriminatory scholarships or fellowship programs that discriminate on the basis of race or, or sex. Um, we're, when we find those things, we're here to call attention to them. And when any type of, of action is able to be made, then we're here to do that. Our, the, the homepage of our website also has an interactive map on there that people can click on. They can see all the things that we've collected about medical schools in a particular state. And, you know, I'll point out Mayo Clinic does have a medical school, and so they are promoting these types of ideologies in their curriculum as well. But we're, we're here to fight, and, and honestly, Sandy, I've placed all of this in God's hands. It's what, um, that's not part of my work at Do No Harm, but that's part of my personal, personal philosophy of how we're going to help turn this around. Well, I'm with you on that. Absolutely with you on that. Only God can straighten out this mess. But practically speaking, donoharmmedicine.org is a great resource. Donoharmmedicine.org. And Laura Morgan, thank you for your your boldness and your willingness to lose your job over a principle like this. So uh, that says so much about you, and you inspire us. So Laura Morgan of donoharmmedicine.org, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. I want to remind you that we can't have these discussions without the sponsorship of Preborn. Preborn is just doing great work saving the lives of babies through providing ultrasounds. And so if you want to help in this effort, and help preborn to provide ultrasounds so moms can see their babies and not have an abortion. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. And by the way, Laura and I were talking, Laura Morgan, my guest, uh, we're just talking after we say goodbye to you. And she was telling me that on the Do No Harm page, which is donoharmmedicine.org, donoharmmedicine.org. There's a button called Share Your Concerns. So, for instance, if you're a doctor or a nurse or someone who has knowledge of something that's happening in medical schools and you want to uh, relay the message or get the information to them, you can do that by pushing that button. Go to donoharmmedicine.org. Go to the button that says Share Your Concerns, and you can share your anonymous concerns about what you're seeing. America's premier hospital in prime time. Can you help me with this? The Mayo Clinic is acclaimed filmmaker Ken Burns' latest documentary for PBS. The two-hour film shot over three years follows surgeons, patients, and the human side of life and death decisions. 
In typical Byrne style, it looks at the clinic's history. She had her vision of building a hospital, a place she insisted that would be open to all sick persons, regardless of their color, sex, financial status, or professed religion. But couples that with the contemporary humanity its healthcare providers deal with every day. Melanoma is actually one of the most common cancers that can spread even to the fetus. And chronicles more than 150 years of cures and compassion. Sometimes I deal with people that die. I feel that the only way that I can give them hope is if I know in my heart of hearts, I'm trying to push the boundaries. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. That's uh, That was a clip from the Today Show uh, featuring Ken Burns talking about his documentary about Mayo Clinic called Faith, Hope, and Science, which I really do highly recommend. It's really compelling. The story is great. And I... I don't say I don't do this show without some sort of a, an emotion. I have to tell you that Mayo Clinic, if Bruce were here with me, he would agree with me that they have actually saved our lives in such a wonderful way, in so many different ways, made our lives better. And the loss of this institution to wokeness is a gut punch for us personally, and it will be to the country as well. And that's why we're pushing back. That's why we're pushing back. We can either sit back and watch this happen or we can just do something like Laura did, just step out and try to try to see that things get changed. Um, this makes me think of the attack against all of America's institutions. Uh, we are no doubt under our Marxist, and that sounds so radical, but trust me, it's not. It's not an exaggeration. This is an attempt to destroy each and every hallmark uh, foundation of American culture. You don't believe me? Well, that's what Marxists do. And the reason they do it is they want to untether you from anything that gives you a personal identity. Uh, It's your family. They want to destroy the family. How are they doing with that? Uh, It's the church. How are they doing with that, with all the emerging, you know, whatever they call it, the emerging church? Pretty successful, I think. Uh, and I used to say to my to Bruce, I wish he were here to talk to me about this. I told him a long time ago, I said, honey, they're going to come after football. He said, what? What are you talking about? I said, they're, they're going to come after football. It's too much of a cultural identification for America's men. It's too big. It's too strong. It's too powerful. They're going to come after it in some way. And, of course, the last several years, you've seen how they've come after it through, uh, through wokeness on the field, through the singing of the Star Spangled Banner, uh, through claims of discrimination, through claiming there are, you know, discriminated gay players. I mean, anything that causes there to be disruption and destruction to ESPN, uh, you know, cramming wokeness down men's throats so that ESPN no longer has much of an audience. Uh, they are trying to strategize, and they're doing it so beautifully, don't you think? It's like you've heard me talk about the fact that they laid out a plan many years ago called the long, the long march through the institutions, destroying everything, everything, with um, any kind of identity to it, and also just to, to 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 reduce the underpinnings. And why do they do that? Because they want you to turn to government. 
They want government to provide your housing, your car. They don't want you out on the roads. They don't want you living in rural communities. They want you in the cities, living near the centers of power, depending on public transportation provided by government. They want your check to be signed by government. How are we doing with that? Well, I think over 50% of Americans receive some sort of a government signed check. So I'd say they're doing pretty well on that too. Uh, this is this is what's happening. Um, and I agree with Laura. I mean, only only God can really un, uh, unring this bell. Uh, but we are his people. And while we're living through this, we're going to shout it from the housetops when we see things that are wrong. Because there's power in truth. Uh, you know, have you ever seen George Orwell's 1984, anyone? I recommend that to you. If you haven't seen it or haven't read that book, uh, it's not fun, but it tells you exactly what we are actually seeing now in the process, where people are completely shut down, where they, they are not individuals. They must fit into a pattern. They mustn't say this. They mustn't say that. There are correct words. There are uh, Big Brother is the, the character in there who uh, is the, you know, he's the all-seeing, all-knowing. People are being watched constantly. Uh, so this is the model of... In a conversation I had with Bruce yesterday, we were talking about what we're seeing everywhere. He was on his old college campus because he's out of town for a funeral. Uh, he went to the University of Illinois Law School. I'll just tell you that. And he, So he went to the campus to look around, and he was just talking about all the indications of wokeness. Uh, this is not a shock to us. We know this already, but just to see it, to see the posters, uh, to see uh, the results of it, the student body, and how he said they don't walk like we did when we were in college, we were happy and laughing, and they're looking down and they're not happy. It's just, it's the effect of wokeness on the culture. And I was just saying to him, you know, we have two different forces at play, and it is good and it is evil. It is God and it is the king, this, the ruler of this world who is Satan himself. And they are very different, where, whereas the God creator is infinitely creative. Uh, when you think of nature, you think of animals, you think of the stars, you think of the universe, you think of the molecules, of the atom, you think of all of those things. It's just incredibly creative. And if you and every child is different. Every baby born is different. He's never the same. And when he answers our prayers, he does it in a way we don't expect. And he does everything. Our future is never what we expect. <laughs> he brings all kinds of variety. You cannot ever figure out what our God, the creator God, is going to do. Whereas, on the other hand, the, the ruler of this world, Satan himself, is not creative. He does the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, in the decades, the centuries past, he does the same thing. And he actually is doing the same thing. Now, you talk about, for instance, the Russiagate scandal, uh, this is a playbook that they've used before. They have a pattern of doing things. If we just were able to thwart that pattern or stop them in their tracks, it, it would be a good thing. But they organize. Uh, it's the same insidious stuff that's been going on since the beginning of time, but it's not creative. And, 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 the, and the lack of creation ends in destruction, whereas God's creative force ends in life-giving. So uh, just something to think about, um, and all the more reason to get into God's Word and study, get to know Him, uh, read, read His Word, let Him speak to you through that, and you will be encouraged. I don't care what's happening around you. 
you will be encouraged. And of course, the final part of that is to commit your life to him through the lordship of Jesus Christ, his son. That's what you have to do. It's not enough to say it. or You have to really commit your life and uh, change your mind to the mind of Christ. All right, so that's uh, that's kind of the bottom line of what we're talking about. If you would like to call us, because perhaps that gave you something to think about, call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. You can listen to the show easily by going to sandyrios.com. Or you can go to any of your podcast platforms, Spotify or Amazon or, well, I don't know, whatever the others are. Uh, there's so many. Honestly, there's some I've never even heard of. But we should be there everywhere that you look. It's Sandy Rios 24-7. You can go to our home base, which is AFR.net. I think that's everything. Except I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank Preborn for making this possible, for saving babies and helping this show at the same time. I'm so grateful. And I want to thank Christian Healthcare Ministries now joining us to do the very same things. For over 40 years, they've been helping Christians pay and pray for each other's medical bills. What could be better? You can go to chministries.org slash Sandy to check them out, the prices, and see if it's right for you. chministries.org slash Sandy. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's version of Sandy Rios 24-7.